Russia launches large wave of drones at Ukraine's capital. Mark Santora Anushka Patel Andres R. Martinez Andrew E. Kramer Nicole Tung. Ukraine's Air Force said that it shot down all of the drones, the fourth large scale assault on Kyiv this month. Here's what we're covering. Russia launched 35 attack drones over Kyiv, the Ukrainian Air Force says. Victory Day, the battle for Bakhmut and NATO, what to watch for this week. The Wagner chief appears to backtrack on his threat to pull fighters from Bakhmut. As Putin bides his time, Ukraine faces a ticking clock. Russia launched 35 attack drones over Kyiv, the Ukrainian Air Force says. KYIV, Ukraine, Russia attacked Kyiv with nearly three dozen drones overnight, Ukrainian officials said on Monday, one of the largest waves to directly target the Ukrainian capital and part of a broader aerial assault on towns and cities across the country. Ukraine's Air Force said that it shot down all 35 drones over Kyiv in what was the fourth large-scale assault aimed at the city this month. At least five people were injured when drone wreckage fell onto buildings, Vitaly Klitschko, the mayor of Kyiv, said, in a statement. This was the most massive drone attack on the capital during the entire war, Mr. Klitschko later told reporters. It was part of a broader Russian attack that also targeted the cities of Kharkiv, Kherson, Mykolaiv and Odessa with 16 missiles in the past day, the Ukrainian military said in a statement Monday. The probability of further Russian missile and airstrikes across Ukraine remains high, the military's general staff warned. Russian forces have been stepping up attacks on Ukrainian civilians as Moscow braces for Kyiv to launch a counteroffensive now that the winter has ended. Ukrainian officials have warned that Moscow may try to provoke an attack time to Tuesday, the annual May 9 Victory Day holiday that marks the Soviet triumph over of Nazi Germany. President Vladimir V. Putin has in years past turned that celebration into a showcase for modern Russian military might and a venue to spread his vision of Russian nationalism. The assault on Kyiv began after midnight. For nearly four hours, Ukrainian air defense teams raced to shoot down the drones, lighting up the night sky with tracer fire from anti-aircraft guns. Each time a drone was downed, an explosion rattled windows and shook buildings. Residents huddled in bomb shelters, hallways and bathrooms until the all-clear was given. Hours later, the air raid alarms sounded again. The State of the War A ticking clock Ukraine is feeling pressure from its Western backers to succeed in a looming counteroffensive. Russia seems to be operating on a longer timeline. Russian unease grows. Blasts in Crimea and inside Russia have rattled Moscow, stoking bureaucratic infighting among military commanders. An attack on Putin? After a pair of explosions above the Kremlin, Moscow accused Ukraine of trying to assassinate the Russian president. Kiev denied any involvement, but the truth remains elusive. Intercepted Missile The Ukrainian Air Force claimed to have used a newly delivered Patriot air defense system to intercept the most sophisticated missile in Russia's arsenal for the first time. Victory Day, the battle for Bakhmut, and NATO, what to watch for this week. 
Russia will celebrate its most important annual military holiday this week, amid mounting anxiety following a series of attacks and over a looming Ukrainian counteroffensive. The May 9th holiday, Victory Day, marks the triumph of the Soviet Union over Nazi Germany. It falls this year just a week after two explosions over the Kremlin, which Russia said was a Ukrainian attempt to use drones to assassinate President Vladimir V. Putin. President Volodymyr Zelensky strongly denied any involvement in what would have been a brazen strike and has warned that Moscow would use it as a pretext to win public support and potentially escalate the war. This year, Mr. Putin's annual Victory Day speech could signal how the Kremlin plans to respond, at least rhetorically, to the drone incident and to the anticipated Ukrainian counteroffensive. He has traditionally observed the holiday with extravagant displays of military might in Moscow's Red Square. But the incident over the Kremlin was one of several apparent attacks within Russia that have amplified jitters in the country. Over the weekend, a car bombing seriously wounded a prominent Russian nationalist and novelist and killed his driver. Other recent attacks have included blasts that ignited oil storage facilities and derailed at least two trains in Russia. Some Russian cities have cancelled Victory Day celebrations this year over security concerns, but the major celebration in Moscow's Red Square on Tuesday is expected to go ahead. Here's what else we're watching this week. Grain Deal Negotiations Representatives of the United Nations, Russia, Ukraine and Turkey this week are expected to discuss extending the Black Sea grain deal beyond May 18. The deal allowed Ukraine, a major source of the world's grain, to export shipments through the Black Sea during wartime, but Russia has threatened to withdraw over obstacles to its own exports. Support for Ukraine Top military officials within NATO are expected to meet in Brussels on Wednesday for discussions on the alliance's military priorities and the war in Ukraine. Battle for Bakhmut The head of Russia's Wagner mercenary group appeared to walk back his threat to pull his fighters out of Bakhmut in eastern Ukraine, saying on Sunday that he had been promised more ammunition and weapons. Yevgeny V. Prigazin, the Wagner chief, said last week that his fighters would withdraw from the lengthy battle for the city on May 10 because of insufficient ammunition. Mark Santora and Anushka Padel Advertisement the Wagner chief appears to backtrack on his threat to pull fighters from Bakhmut. The head of Russia's Wagner mercenary group said on Sunday that he had been promised as much ammunition and weaponry as needed to continue the fight for the embattled Ukrainian city of Bakhmut two days after he threatened to withdraw his fighters because Moscow's Ministry of Defense was failing to support them. We have been promised as much ammunition and armament as we need to keep going, the Wagner Group's founder, Yevgeny V. Prigazin, said in an audio statement released Sunday on his channel on the Telegram messaging app. There was no immediate comment from Russia's defense ministry. On Friday, Mr. Prigazin launched what was widely considered an effort at brinkmanship by threatening to withdraw all of his fighters from Bakhmut, accusing Russia's military bureaucracy of starving him of the ammunition needed to fully capture the city. He had appeared in a gruesome video standing in front of row after row of what he said were freshly killed fighters, saying the ministry had caused useless and unjustified losses by failing to replenish the ammunition stocks. 
While Mr. Prigazin had complained about ammunition shortages and threatened to pull out of the city before, he had not previously given a date. This time, he named Wednesday, the day after Russia's Victory Day holiday, as the deadline for his forces to withdraw and lick their wounds. The May 9 holiday celebrates the Soviet Union's victory over Nazi Germany and has taken on particular resonance in Russia amid its war in Ukraine. General Alexander Syrsky, the commander of Ukraine's ground forces, wrote on Telegram on Sunday that he had visited troops in the area of Bakhmut, where he previously said Russia was employing scorched-earth tactics. The shelling has intensified, he said, as Russia attempts to seize the city by Tuesday. Our task is to prevent this, he wrote. Few military analysts expected Mr. Prigazin to carry out his threat, especially because Russia's Ministry of Defense has no real alternative to the estimated 10,000 Wagner fighters fighting for control of the devastated city, where 70,000 people lived before the invasion. A sliver of Bakhmut remains in Ukrainian hands, with the Russian Ministry of Defense claiming on Sunday that its forces had made further small advances. All the territory Russia has gained during months of grinding conflict in the city has also come at an enormous cost for both sides, including the deaths of thousands of fighters recruited by Wagner from Russian prisons and thrown right onto the battlefield. Mr. Prigazin also said that General Sergei Surovikin, the commander of the Air Force nicknamed General Armageddon, had been appointed as his liaison with the military. If confirmed, the appointment of General Surovikin, who developed a close relationship with Wagner while commanding the Russian forces in Syria, could help address the deep-seated tension between the Wagner mercenary forces and the regular Russian army, which has repeatedly interrupted Russian efforts to push forward in Ukraine. General Surovikin was appointed overall commander of the Russian forces in Ukraine last October, which was considered a sign that Mr. Prigazin was gaining influence in the Kremlin. But he was then replaced three months later by General Valery Gerasimov, the chief of staff of the Russian military. Mr. Prigazin openly cursed General Gerasimov and Sergei Shoigu, Russia's minister of defense, in his expletive-laden video on Friday. Some analysts have attributed the tensions to rivalries for President Vladimir V. Putin's favor. It is unclear whether the ammunition promised to Mr. Prigazin can be deployed fast enough to change the battle for the city that started last August. In threatening to withdraw, Mr. Prigazin stressed just how weary his men were of the fight. But the chances of that seem remote. Ukraine is expected to soon begin a counteroffensive powered by fresh supplies of advanced Western military equipment, including tanks and armored personnel carriers that have already arrived in the country. Here's what else is happening in Ukraine. Drones targeted Crimea, Russia says. The Kremlin-installed authorities in Crimea said on Sunday that Ukraine had launched a wave of drones on the occupied peninsula overnight, the latest in a string of reported attacks on Russian-held territory ahead of an expected Ukrainian counteroffensive. Mikhail Razvaziv, the Russian-appointed governor of the port of Sevastopol, the largest city in Crimea and home to the Russian Navy's Black Sea Fleet, said that more than 10 drones were involved in the attack. At least three were destroyed or crashed, he said on the Telegram messaging app, adding that there were no reports of damage. Russia's Ministry of Defense said that a total of 22 Ukrainian drones had been detected over the Black Sea overnight. All of the drones were shot down or disabled, it said in a statement. 
The claims could not be independently verified, and Ukrainian officials had not commented. Crimea, which Russia illegally annexed in 2014, has been a key conduit for supplies and troops supporting Russia's occupying forces in southern Ukraine. Attacks and explosions there have picked up in recent months, which military analysts say could help set the stage for a long-anticipated counteroffensive that Ukrainian officials have said is in the final stages of preparation. In just the past two weeks, refineries and military installations on the peninsula have been targeted. The Russian authorities have sought to downplay the attacks, but Ukraine's military has said that at least one of the attacks was in preparation for its counteroffensive. A deadly attack in Kherson. Nine Ukrainian mine disposal experts were killed when they came under fire from Russian forces while they were working in the southern Kherson region, Ukrainian officials said. President Volodymyr Zelensky said in his nightly address on Sunday that the victims had been killed on Saturday while they were restoring safety for people. The chief of the state emergency service, Serhii Kruk, said in a post on Facebook on Saturday that the demoning team had been fired on while working. Ukrainian demoning experts have regularly been killed and wounded while attempting to clear mines, often laid by retreating Russian forces, but it is unusual for them to be targeted by enemy fire. It was not clear where in the region the incident took place. Experts had removed 7,300 mines in the last week, the service said in a post on the Telegram social messaging app. Russian writer in stable condition after car bombing. Zahar Prilpin, a famous Russian novelist and nationalist ideologue, said on Sunday that both his legs were broken when his Audi SUV blew up a day earlier in an apparent assassination attempt near the city of Nizhny Novgorod. Mr. Prilpin, an outspoken supporter of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and volunteer fighter there sporadically since 2014, wrote on Telegram that he was driving the SUV at the time of the explosion, which killed his friend and passenger. Russian state media previously reported that Mr. Prilpin was a passenger. The bombing was the third such attack on a high-profile hawk since last August, the other two were killed. Mr. Prilpin wrote that the explosion was caused by a mine that detonated shortly after he dropped off his daughter. A second mine did not detonate, he added. Russian law enforcement officials said a suspect with links to the Ukrainian special services had confessed to the bombing. Ukrainian officials denied any involvement. Mr. Prilpin had been put on a Ukrainian wanted list for acting as both an administrator and a battalion commander for the separatist forces in the east, but Mikhailo Podolyak, an advisor to Ukraine's president, said in an televised interview that Mr. Prilpin had no influence on the course of the war. Ukraine does not resort to such excesses, he told the Ukrainian channel Freedom TV. A Russian jet buzzes a Polish aircraft over the Black Sea. A Russian Sukhoi Su-35 fighter plane buzzed a Polish border guard aircraft patrolling over the Black Sea near Romanian airspace, causing the Polish plane to lose altitude, Romanian officials said in a statement that was then confirmed by the EU border agency Frontex. The unarmed Polish border plane, which was taking part in an operation focused on migration, illegal fishing and other matters, landed safely after Friday's encounter, the latest example of aggressive behavior by Russian fighter pilots over the Black Sea. In March, a Russian fighter jet collided with an unarmed U.S. reconnaissance drone, forcing the American aircraft down into the Black Sea. 
In a statement, Romania's government said the Russian plane's aggressive and dangerous maneuvers created turbulence that made it difficult for the Polish crew to control the plane. The Russian government did not comment on the encounter. Milana Maziva and Njoli Liston contributed reporting. Neil McFarquhar, Matthew Pokbig, and Andrezar Martinez. As Putin bides his time, Ukraine faces a ticking clock. Both armies have tanks, artillery and tens of thousands of soldiers ready to face off on the battlefields of Ukraine in a long-anticipated Ukrainian counteroffensive against Russia. But one thing clearly sets the two sides apart, time. Ukraine is feeling immense short-term pressures from its Western backers, as the United States and its allies treat the counteroffensive as a critical test of whether the weapons, training and ammunition they have rushed to the country in recent months can translate into significant gains. If the Ukrainians fall short of expectations, they risk an erosion of Western support. It is a source of anxiety for top officials in Kyiv, who know that beyond battlefield muscle and ingenuity, victory may ultimately come down to a test of wills between the Kremlin and the West, and which side can muster more political, economic and industrial staying power, possibly for years. As a result, there is a sense in Ukraine that its war effort faces a ticking clock. In countries that are our partners, our friends, the expectation of the counteroffensive is overestimated, overheated, I would say, Ukraine's defense minister, Oleksiy Reznikov, said in an interview this past week in Kyiv, the capital. That is my main concern. The expectations of military success are only one pressure point for Ukraine. Paul Son and Andrew E. Kramer Advertisement the Dnipro River, vital to Ukraine, now serves as a front line in the war. The thunder of artillery echoes night and day over the mighty Dnipro River as it winds its way through southern Ukraine. With Russian and Ukrainian forces squared off on opposite banks, fighters have replaced fishermen, surveillance drones circle overhead and mines line the marshy embankments. Carving an arc through Ukraine from its northern border to the Black Sea, through Kiev, Zaporizhia and Kherson, the Dnipro shapes the country's geography and economy, its culture and its very identity. And now it helps define the contours of battle, as it has for millenniums, a barrier and a conduit to warring Scythians, Greeks, Vikings, Huns, Cossacks, Russians, Germans and many more. Visiting towns and villages along the Dnipro a year after Russia's full-scale invasion and ahead of a much-anticipated Ukrainian counteroffensive, Nicole Tan, a photographer for The New York Times, traveled a path marked by hope and horror, joy and sorrow.